to introduce uh, David Stone. Uh, we're going to do this thing uh, of the mind. Uh, I think it'll be as a, as a working title for now, and we'll just call it that. And uh, David, uh, as therapist, will be. Uh, uh, he's going to be talking to us about uh, January blips, failed resolutions, anxiety, panic attacks, and how to centre yourself and uh, move beyond all that. So, uh, happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Steve. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. This is uh, it's great to have you on the show in this capacity. It's mm. really nice to be able to do this. Mm. So I'm going to leave. I'm going to give you the floor. So well, thank you very much. It's, it's yeah. nice. Over to you. Well, I think this came about because of my background training as a Gestalt psychotherapist, and then working with indigenous healing modalities, and also spending time working in mindfulness and training in mindfulness fields. I've created some courses in emotional resilience and I've had the unique opportunity to work with nearly a thousand teenagers a few years ago in the local uh, college and then with lots and lots of my adult clients and it correlates that one in four people experience mental health issues each year. That's one in four. And um, when we look at anxiety, the picture of the backdrop to this situation, um, the Mental Health Foundation says that 22% of women and 15% of men, they feel anxious all the time, which right. is incredible really when yeah. you think about it. And there's been a 35% increase in young people calling helplines about anxiety in the, uh, the last year alone. So if you imagine like Christmas, this the sort of coming together of family, quite a lot of stress and, and shopping and the pressure of Christmas that puts on a lot of families and then as January comes we're suddenly expected to set these resolutions and flip on a sixpence turn on a sixpence and, and, and sort of flip from being quite pressurized and this backdrop this background of everyday anxiety and to create resolutions to almost shift our lives so I'm painting a picture of the of the background of what really is going on. So we can look at this in the next few, you know, 10 minutes or so. Um, and I'm trying to understand how can we actually help those that are listening? What, you know, and, and those, or those that are listening know people who are suffering with anxiety. How can we understand the problem? And then from that understanding, can we scope out what it is? And then can we find solutions that are really easy um, to 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 action to to sort of to recover from when we find ourselves moving in that direction of of extreme anxiety panic attacks and having our January blips. Do you think? Um, and do you think some of it? I, I always feel it's a lot of it's to deal with uh, like a monetary thing. You know, everybody spent their money over Christmas. Suddenly, there's none left, and there's until the end of January or something. They're all now everybody's struggling and they're trying to pay the bills. You know, there's the reality, the come down, if you like. Yes, and I think that's another pressure. I think, like you say, that sort of people are quite skint in January and then they, they feel the sort of financial pressure of maybe overspending, overeating, um, uh, sort of you know, pushing out the boat in, in the month of December. And what happens is the pendulum has to swing back. I mean, human beings, as I discovered in my Gestalt training and when you look at sort of indigenous earth wisdom, is we have a homing device for homeostasis. So what all that's what that means is we're always trying to go back to home, like in Monopoly. We get our two hundred dollars or pounds for passing go. Yeah, and we don't go to jail. <laughs> and uh, we end up going to jail instead. <laughs> because what happens is the, the, the accumulation 
of swings of the pendulum away from the centre becomes so great that then as it tries to swing back, I think what happens is people then go into anxiety and panic attacks because we've, we've not actually taken the time to centre the pendulum in the middle. What about, um, what about um, uh, you know, when we have, uh, like, you know, uh, like the kids coming through to do their exams, preparing mm -hmm. for exams, when they do their exams in that big silent room mm -hmm. and there is a lot of pressure on them, uh, a lot seems to bubble up then as well for, for children. Yeah, the exams, maybe even um, a teenager leaving, uh, say, sort of secondary school and coming into college as well on their first day. It's these sorts of momentous sort of life-changing situations or maturation of age, you know, coming of age. And what I notice when working with hundreds of sort of teenagers um, in, the, in my placement year was that if they could just breathe and come back to the body, so we're kind of looking at solutions now. If you can come back to the body and come back to the breath, what I would find is the average person who was having a panic attack could actually pull themselves out of it. And not only pull themselves out of it, they could come back to centre by just simply holding their breath and counting to four or six and then breathing in through the nose and then pausing for, say, two or three seconds between the breath and then breathing out through the mouth and I'd sit and we'd do nose in, mouth out breathing. And within a minute or two, they'd come back to centre. Right, that's interesting. And it's interesting because, why is that interesting? Well, we're so used to wanting ideas of how to fix things intellectually. But the body knows. The body has an innate wisdom to, again, to bring us back to homeostasis. But we've literally got to rest the pendulum, our presence, in the middle, in the centre, in this moment in time and that enables us to come back to centre right okay brilliant and what about um, you know, right people make all these uh, great expectations on themselves don't they mm -hmm. you know they make these resolutions and say right I'm not going to do this or I'm going to I always mm -hmm. think it's best to start something rather than stop something <laughs> you know add, add something rather than take something away um, uh, how, how uh, I mean by this time of year already people have started to uh, you know, the dream has dwindled off yeah. And they've gone back into yeah. their old selves, if you like, yeah. and uh, can't seem to break the pattern. So what, what, what do we do for that? Well, again, just trying to understand this. If we just try and look at the situation, what, what's happening here? And if you imagine like the, the existing residual anxiety, the existing things that aren't working, if we're not addressing them and we're desensitising, say, with sugar, alcohol, overeating, social media binging, Netflix binging, you know, we're all guilty of that. I love my net, 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 Netflix <laughs> box set binging. Um, so there's a background of not really noticing where we are in our bodies and what's happening. So come the January New Year's resolutions, they're not like, they're just like uh, sticking plasters that go over a residue of un sort of unaddressed anxiety unaddressed deeper issues and the imbalance of how we've been living our lives so to suddenly make a resolution without that inner work that deeper work to stop to really take stock of what's not working and to address it is going to inevitably in many cases lead to failure because what what all habits are is a momentum so what we're trying to do is if we can unwind the momentum of the bad habits in time for Christmas so if we, were to, if we were to start actually in, say, October and spend three months, which is probably the average it takes to develop a new habit, 
is three months. So that by the time we come to January and we really resolve, it's already layered some new neural pathways in the brain to create habit for the new resolution. So we kind of set ourselves up for fail. It's like one of the biggest jokes in psychology is the January resolutions because you're kind of setting yourself up for fail, I failure. Think, I think here we call it the cosmic joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can, I can see that. And um, perhaps, you know, when we get rid of all the partying and the, and the overeating and everything else, mm. maybe you know, the mind is sort of saying, uh, you know, look, it's a brand new year, it's a mm. brand new start. Let's do something, you know, to rid the old year and bring something new in or yes. to stop something. So there's this psychology that goes on to say, day one, let's do something now because mm. it's a new year. Yes. You know, let's, let's, um, but probably it's not the best thing to do, is it? Well, it isn't, it isn't. I mean, when you look at the power of groups, if you've got six billion people around the world all putting their minds into forwards momentum of new habits, that creates an energy field. And so that has a great sort of uplift for people and that can lift people up. And the other thing is, as human beings, you know, when you look at sort of someone like Fritz Perls, who, who created Gestalt Psychotherapy, he said that, that fear and anxiety was actually just throttled excitement. <laughs> so if you're having, yeah. you know, if you're suffering with anxiety, what that is, is you've not fully directed your true ex excitement and your power to change your life. So what it is, is about learning to channel your anxiety into passion, into, into excitement, and learning where it's got kind of stuck in the body, stuck in old traumas, stuck in old habits. And so if you can just spend some time coming back to the body, back to the, back to the space, or going out in nature, journaling, keeping a diary, maybe smelling a nice essential oil, um, there's many great um, aromatherapists in Glastonbury and wonderful people selling oils that are on the marketplace. Um, finding a safe person to share some of your anxious feelings with, someone who can hold the space and not fix you yeah. or mansplain you. Um, you know, and the, one of the things I used to do with the teenagers, and it works really well with adults as well, is once we've taken the time to breathe, <coughs> we can scale our problems with a solution-focused edge. So we can say, on a score of 0 to 10, with 10 being um, peaceful and excited about my life, and 0 being anxious, panic attacks, feeling quite doomed, where are you now? Yeah, I guess that's a good way to do it, isn't it? And then if, if you score 2.5 out of 10, then what happens is you admit where you're at. And the moment you admit where you're at, you can change it. But until you come into this present moment and you know where you're at, you can't change it. So then you can say, well, how would you like, what sort of strategy or what's, what do you think you could do to go from, say, two and a half to three and a half within a week? And then so someone can start to strategize and start to take ownership and control of their anxiety, panic attack, failed New Year's resolutions. So it gives you a framework to start to kind of pull yourself back into shape. Yeah, do you know, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also think it's uh, something to do with being very present. Because when we think about the future, it doesn't exist. Mm. And we, we exist it in, if you like, we manifest it in if we're not too careful. Mm. And if we think about the past, that doesn't exist and we manifest mm. it in. So being very present and not worrying about forwards or backwards mm. and being in the now, that's got to really help as well, hasn't it? Definitely, and you know, when you think about success 
money, status, power. Um, these things are magnifiers of, of what you're feeling in the present moment. So if you've got underlying anxiety and you win the lottery, it's not going to take the anxiety away. If you, you know, look at these pop stars who get a lot of fame and, and, and profile in the press, if they've got mental health issues, it amplifies them. Things get more intense. So, you know, January will bring more focus, more amplification onto what's not working for you. So you can actually turn that round and use January really well to go, oh my God, I didn't realise this was all happening for me. And now I can really get the help and start to work with what's actually really going on behind what made me set those resolutions that I wasn't really looking at. Matt, I'll tell you what, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to the next time because the first time we're doing this session, really, I feel like I've been in therapy just just now. <laughs> it's working for me already. Um, I, I'm going to say a big, big thank you uh, for coming in to do this. We're going to do it again, and right. I think um, if we do this once a month, I think it'd be a really nice thing to do. So, uh, anybody that's taken up something now or they want to get hold of you on your website, where where do they go? That's great. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's um, Embodied Soul Awakening. Dot com. I'll say that one more time, embodiedsoulawakening.com, or I'm on Facebook or Instagram as David Stone, S-T-O-N-E. Okay, that's brilliant. Um, and with all that, I'm going to say we need a bit of protection sometimes with obsidian, is it obsidian? I think it is, isn't it? You know, one of the stones that we have, one of these precious stones. Um, I'm going to say a big thank you. Thank and, you for having me. Um, and we're going to get you next time. This has been a great start. I really enjoyed this session.